0: Is proud to present beer radio that turns ordinary homebrew home into award-winning beer. Winning beer. The Jamil Show, and now your hosts, Jamil Zana Chef and John say Hey, howdy, hey,
1: my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, <laughs> uh, how you doing? <laughs> I missed you, Je- Jesus. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, I think, you know, <laughs>
2: I don't know. Should Why? I do the sh- whole show like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you should. So I- old I- ales. <laughs> tell you about it's old ales. Sounds like old perverted ales. Yeah, <laughs> like. <laughs> Anything I could do to throw you off. It reminds me of that old day. guy in the bathroom when I was a child at, the, uh, at the playground. Sorry to bring back that memory. <laughs>
2: wow. <laughs> How you doing? It's been a while. It has. You're a busy guy these days. Well, you know. <laughs> many things
1: to do. Yeah, Things called work. We'll work and lots of beer. Family. So how's the Bruce Strong Show going? you enjoying uh, it? Yeah, we're doing Bruce Strong. That's... that's you know, one thing I uh, wanted to mention: we're doing this uh, uh, new show called Bruce Strong, which is uh, uh, another one of my favorite Johns, which is uh, John Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've been doing this uh, show called Bruce Strong. It's uh, airing uh, every other Monday, so uh, you get the Jamel show on uh, Mondays at seven. The, uh, the next Monday would be the uh, Bruce Strong at seven o'clock p.m. Pacific. And then uh, it alternates on, on through. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, turned out pretty good. It's, it focuses on, uh, you know, we get a lot of people saying, hey, why don't you guys cover, you know, brewing techniques and technical questions and things like that. Well, this is about styles. This is, you know, we decided from the very beginning this is going to be all the BJCP all right. styles. True. Sure. Well, uh That show is covering, you know, things like, well, what are melanoidins, you know, enzymes, metals, uh, you know, just anything to do with brewing. Right. Uh, You know, eventually we we tackle those questions and, uh, you know, uh, come up with, uh, you know, some pretty good stuff. We've had uh, some guests, uh, you know, Colin Kaminsky was just recently in here and... uh, We've had uh, you know people like uh, Chris White call in when okay. the questions about nice. attenuation and how to get the proper attenuation for your beer. So it's like a MythBuster kind of thing,
2: yeah, yeah dispelling kind those. Kind of
1: yeah, we, we do a lot of that. It's like you know, here's the the nonsense you hear, you know, uh, who you know do you word believe? of mouth, yeah. and you know, here's here's what what the the, the true uh, answer is right. for some of that. Right. So it's uh, it's very cool. I, I I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, uh, and the only thing would be make it better is, is if you were there to uh, serve your beer, entertain, <laughs> entertain me, you know, rub my, rub my back as I, we go. I could do that. Uh,
2: you know, you know. <laughs> John Palmer is a great guest. I'm sure. You know. Yeah, He's yeah. A, Quite a knowledgeable guy. And yep, yep. I heard I tuned in last night to it a little bit, and he was just throwing out enzymes after enzymes. I was like, wow. That was floored that guy. How much he can just throw it at you in the show, you know? You're like, I need you, buddy, on this one, and that was pretty cool. He's, he's not as fun as you, though. No, not yeah. yet. <laughs> not yet. Give him a couple of years with you, and warm up. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But that's going to happen. You I, I I, I got Tasty see. there too. I mean, what a trio. Yeah, Tasty was there. Yeah, um, and uh, of course Justin too. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 really makes the show right there. Absolutely,
2: <laughs> it's, it's that's a real bonus. Yeah. It's a bonus for you, listeners. Awesome. <laughs> so, now you're going to probably have tons of emails from thousands of people. I mean, there's so many questions people could ask about so many topics. It's going to be uh, well. Less.
1: And, and here's the here's the thing we already get the thousands of emails based yeah. off of this show. Wow, you know this is a very popular show, and right. uh, people are already sending it. so what I do to prepare for each show, uh yeah, we have uh strong at the dot com that's our email address and if you've got questions and things like that, go ahead and send them in and we'll we'll try and cover them on the show, but you know until we build that up. Uh, all I've been doing is just searching through all the email we have for this show, right? That's pretty much. <laughs> Go through the archives. Yeah, we, you know, I, yeah. Uh, we're doing a show on attenuation. I search on the word attenuation. I come up with, you know, a couple hundred emails yeah. about attenuation. I pick, uh, you know, like <laughs> Top 10, 20. 10 that are, I think, are, you know, very representative of the whole group. And then, uh, you know, we read those off and, and answer them. And, uh, it's pretty cool. Nice. Uh, it's,
2: it's something that, uh, you know, sounds uh, like you're having fun. Well, I don't know about that. But yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get like ear fatigue. You're gonna, yeah. your voice is gonna start going hoarse. Your hair's gonna be long like Justin. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Be, if it yeah. starts turning me into Justin, I'm gonna have to quit. <laughs> no.
1: that's, that's the one thing I can't. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to stand. Wouldn't yeah. be able to
2: stomach that. No. Well, congrats. I'm. We should, that, Thanks. This show could go probably five, ten years easy. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you committed? Paycheck in yet? Yeah,
1: I yeah. like this one because it had like a, you know, an end, end date. In, an
2: end point, yeah. Which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> actually, if you look at our schedule, we're ending on ciders. Right. We need to...
1: In, instead of insider, we're we're, we're on ciders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should... It's better like, to be insider exactly rather than outsider, outsider, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, Always feels better inside, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wow. But I was thinking we should do like one more show if we could uh-huh. and not end it on the beer. Instead of cider. Instead of, yeah. I don't know. I was just thinking about, like, God, you know, three years and we're going to end on the cider. Well, just because it's, you know, like, it.
1: it Almost the least important.
2: That's true, <laughs> I guess. Like, well, yeah, I'll
1: leave that for last. Maybe we'll just get sloppy drunk. and. Well, maybe I just don't have that much to say about cider. I think maybe that was the problem. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Thinking, well, I better leave it for the end. when yeah. I, Maybe I can think of something before the three years are up. Right, <laughs> right. The show's solid by that, and yeah. you're, you're, you're okay. Yeah, I think you know we can we can half-ass our way through that one. No problem. I agree. I got a medal in the second round of the uh, Nationals yeah. this year with a cider. That's right.
3: It was my only medal, only medal this year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it shows the quality of the cider's yeah. <laughs> They're better than my beers. Yeah, it's all about that filtration you did. That's right. I remember? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. A little bit of filtering. I mean, you yeah. and I pretty much. I think. I, I'm not sure if the one that I won the medal with was the one that was you know, similar to to something you did, which is you know, just get juice, yeah. ferment it out, and then you know adjust it a little bit, and that's it. Right. And then I filtered mine. Yeah, I didn't and, filter uh, mine, but I'm it. not sure if that's the one that won or not. I can't even remember. I, I didn't even really care. That's just sadder. Well, and I was and I was you know sick as a dog. Right. So I didn't even really care at the point. i was yeah. like, yeah, well, all right. Yeah. At least I got something. You got something. <laughs> and then then I laid back down and you know tried to rip your head off. Yeah. Then, <laughs> you know, survive. Tried to survive the rest of my week. We were all hoping like he can't get shut out. He can't get shut out. <laughs> ah, yeah. People were and not people were not hoping. we were hoping. Oh, yeah. That's the reality yeah. there. <laughs> They teach that bastard a lesson. Yeah, God, he just brewed so much freaking yeah. beer. What the, that guy, I want to see him go down and play. Yeah. Zero, zero. <laughs> Tough luck, you bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Never.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I?
1: Well, maybe this this next year in the Nationals that Uh-oh. might be my last. I don't know.
2: Well, it's a lot of work I and may, a lot of beer. Uh, I may uh, I may hang it up after this this next year. Yeah, right. I'll believe when I see it. I don't know. It's a lot of work. You you got that bug, man. This is internal. You can't get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, and there's no way. Plus, uh-huh. it's in your hometown. So right, yeah, yeah. This year, know. I got to do it. I got to yeah, do it because it's, it's local. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you, know, uh, you know, shipping beer all
1: over the place. Well, yeah, it's, just, it's it's expensive. A yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Shoot, five hundred bucks or something in a box. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But, anyway. Yeah. Got you taking care of it for me. I so. do, yeah. Ship, I'm your shipping boy. Yeah, I'm your it, whooping boy. Yeah, I think, if,
1: boy. Uh, I think if you disappear, then that's uh, going to make it uh, much more likely that I'll never participate again. <laughs> oh, no. That'll pretty much do it. Now people are gunning for you. <laughs> oh, let's uh,
2: shoot John. Yeah, <laughs> <and> shoot me, <laughs> yeah. He won't
1: participate yeah, anymore.
2: He's done. Yeah. God, I haven't. You know, I've only brewed three times this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, wow. Uh, just, uh, you ever reach a burnout point? You know, just like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Trying to get that but that that fire back, but yeah, it's tough for me. You know the um,
1: trying to get back to the roots. The fall when yeah. the weather turns cool, right? You know that that tends to do it for me. It tends to make me want to brew again. A little easier to ferment. But the right? summer, you know, it's 110 where I live. Fire flame all day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, forget it. Yeah, it's <laughs> too, too hot, you know? when nut's sticking in my leg, you know? <laughs> it's like forget it.
2: Uh, the underwear's riding up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. Uh, whole burn between her, yeah. 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 It's I'll,
1: not good. Go inside where it's cool, or do something else, go to the lake, or whatever it might be. Just better off buying beer.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> See, off. Yeah, see, I think, you know, when they talked about, well, you know, the brewers were restricted to brewing during the winter when they're talking about the old German brews and the creation of lagers. And so they were only brewed... Yeah, because it's, you know, too darn hot during the yeah, summer. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah. It not anything to do with the beer. It's just the, the brewer's sense. like, you know... I'd love to do this, but it'll really turn out better in the winter. Trust me. Trust me. I, yeah, 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 I'm gonna take a take a few months off, and yeah. uh, I'll, see, I'll see you when it's good, when the weather cools down. Well,
2: <laughs> oh, they're uh, getting their inventory up too. I mean, mm-hmm. they had to fill it all up for the year to last, I and mean, they had beer to drink for the summer, right? I mean, right. Get it yeah. all done in the winter, and then go then just Toast. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Drink it all at Oktoberfest, and <laughs> yeah. then start over. Yep. There yep. you go.
1: See, that's pretty much what I'd like to do. Yeah, that sounds good. Get all your brewing done in the fall and winter. And then yeah. you're done. Then you're then done. No more. Yeah. You know that's what I'm going to do. Coast for, you know, six months, eight months, and then no. do it all again. Just brew like crazy for right. for a few months. Because you brew like
2: mad, but it's from like September to February. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to fight the wind Yeah. It's game time. Yeah. And, yeah. and push your maybe.
1: beers. Just right, fresh, and and it might be more cool. October. Okay. You know? But it's, I I kind of get started it's September when football season starts. Kind of when I start. Yeah. Football and the game. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, some beers and some brewing. Yeah.
2: We should just shoot the shit
1: the whole show and just. That's a good idea.
2: What do you think? Do you think anybody would mind? Not at all.
1: I think you're right. I think. Okay. So that we were supposed to talk about old air. <laughs> but I think. Yeah. I think we just blow it off let's do it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just, 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 that. <laughs>
4: just dead air. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: What the fuck you ladies talking about? Wow! That all right, was, well, that, that was priceless. All right, that slapped me back to reality. Maybe yeah. all right. You want to you want to go over okay. what an old ale is all about?
2: After that, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't think we should be screwing around like that. <laughs> anymore. Headlights, you know just whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> all right, an old ale. Let's do this. With the aroma, you'll definitely get a, a wide range of esters that have occurred obviously from the aging of the beer and oxidation of the beer. And you should definitely get some hints of dried fruit, prunes, raisins, maybe some fig. Also, there's uh, some sherry or port like qualities coming through from the oxidation of alcohol over time. I mean, these are aged probably what, one to five years, in my guess. And there's definitely some strong malt aroma and some nutty caramel notes coming through. And a little bit of molasses. Also, visually, it's... Uh, Ranges from amber to dark brown. Um, it can ch- get darker over time as the beer oxidizes. And I'll pick Jamil's brain on that later. Uh, and the flavor, it should have a great malt character with well refined ester flavors. Uh, and alcohol strength, is very important to the style, but it shouldn't be like barley wine in gravity. It should um, just be balanced, you know, 6 to 9% ABV, but it's definitely a malty old beer, but it's something you can maybe drink two or three pints with, you know, by the fire or something during the wintertime. Uh, overall, it's a, a strong, well-aged ale focused on maltiness, a great beer to brew and drink during the wintertime, and, you know, you can age it for a long, long time. So, And that's my interpretation of an old ale.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, there's kind of a division uh, of the, the old ale types. I think there are old ales that are aged and they get a little bit of a you know a sour funky note to them, like a Green King Old Suffolk or Thiexton, Old peculiar things like that. And I, those are the ones that I consider more of an old ale. That's the style. Uh, to me, that's. Okay. Uh, but I think the style guideline it needs to be divided more into kind of like a stock ale and an old ale type of thing.
2: So another kind of
1: stock okay. ale is the bigger, higher alcohol, more malt. Uh, beers where, uh, you know, they're richer and bigger, and I think that you know the, the style guide right now it kind of tries to mix those two, yeah. and I don't think you find a lot of beers that do mix those two, and and so I think it's kind of like lumping a bunch together, right? And um, yeah, and those bigger beers with the the more alcohol, they're fine, but I really love the character you get in something like an old peculiar or an old Suffolk, where there's a lot of interesting complex flavors going on from the aging of the beer mm-hmm. you know there's there's beers out that people consider you know they're they call them stock ales or old ales and you know they're, just, they're two weeks old and they're you know they bottle them up and they <laughs> ship them out and you're just like well what's well, old about you know what's <laughs> old about you know it's it has no age yeah maybe it's an older process or harkens back to the old days but yeah you know, i'm just not i'm just not convinced that that's the uh that's the case, you know. It's um,
2: You mentioned there's like a Brett character. Now, do you think that's on purpose, or is that just something that exists over time that maybe is just going to eventually come out in that beer? Uh, a little of both.
1: Okay. I think, you know, there's the whole aging thing. Okay. You know? All right. So uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into a little bit more of that, uh, the recipe that might make that, and, you know, aging and, and all that sort of thing. Sounds good. We'll be back right after all this. Right. Cheers.
2: <laughs> oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. No, not the organic, <laughs> free-range, oyster Russian imperial coffee stout. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell.
4: Oi. F*** <laughs> away off your wee f***ing <laughs> hop shortage. Who are you? A f***ing Scottish 80 shilling and you cannot brew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with fucking hops instead of gravel, your great f***ing ass. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate seven ninety nine shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage.
0: My Lambic!
4: It'll only f***ing help it. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab's yeast?
0: WLP001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal
2: Common, WLP810. It's
5: going to be WLP400 with beer!
4: I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast. would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew your own clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs, it's all in the vial.
6: Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad shot, venti, extra hot soy milk, triple pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jameel Show and yes even that other show thank you for listening and please sign up for your donation at the brewing donate today you're listening to the brewing network
1: All right, we're back. We're talking old ale. Old ale. Oh. Oh.
2: Oh. Old
1: ale. Sh- wow!
2: I think that was now push. Ashes. Now push needs to like capture that moment right there. In the next <laughs> commercial he makes. That was impressive. Well done. Right, thank you. Thank you very much. It smells horrible, but well done.
1: Yeah, it stinks, and the microphone cover is now wet. But other than that, we like it wet. <laughs> Uh, Brett, okay, Brett, Brett, and old ale and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that uh, when we're talking about aging uh, old ales, uh, again, a lot of places, you know, they're not aging or they'll, they'll store it in stainless and you know maybe they'll keep it a few weeks, they bottle it up and that's it. Whereas, um, you know, some of these places like uh, you know uh, Green King when they do their old old Suffolk, mm-hmm. they have um, a young uh, beer. And they have an old beer that's been aged and, uh, you know, in oak. And then they blend the two together to make, you know, their old ale and, uh, you know, to get it at at a certain balance. And you pick up some notes of
2: of varying things with that. Okay. Like how old are you talking about this beer that they're blending back?
1: I think that their older older beer is, um, oh, two years to five years, something like that. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's the same thing with like a Rodenbach. Sure. You know, they have the Rodenbach uh, Grand Cru, which is the unblended, mm-hmm. and they have regular Rodenbach, and they, they take a, a young beer, and they take the, the fully soured older beer, and they blend it to get the right kind of, you know, acidity and balance and right. overall flavor And it. You know, a lot of the complexity doesn't come until you give it a lot of age in the oak and all that. And then, you know, that complexity, it could be too intense or some aspects of it can be too intense. So you blend it back down with a, a younger beer. Right. And you capture some of that complexity without being over
2: the top. Right. And now that, it probably changes then mm-hmm. every year because, I mean, the yeah. beers change a little bit. Sure. Do you, do you think that yeah. they've got their percentages dialed down at all? or I
1: think they do tasting panels sure. and try and make it as close as they can each year. Yeah. They have a like a defined optimum and they try and... Hit yeah. that each time, so the percentages may change a little bit. Things may get tweaked, right? But uh, you know, or they may pull from various uh, multiple vats, okay, and uh, you know to get the right kind of flavor.
2: So, will they blend back maybe a Brett beer with a non-Brett beer? Yeah, Just, okay. yeah, yeah, and vice versa, right?
1: Okay, right. interesting. And so, I think you know that that adds a lot to that complexity, but uh, again you know a lot of people consider old ale to just be you know higher alcohol it's got some malt sweetness to it it's uh you know may have some of these other characteristics to it right. um uh you know some dark uh, uh treacle kind of character molassesy kind of characters and that a lot of people consider to be old ale
2: now i think this is something that homebrewers should you know kind of experiment with a little bit more just right. the art of blending you yeah. know and i mean that's a and aging. Aging, too. I mean, that's... Yeah, you you know,
1: a commercial endeavor, when, when you need to sell that beer in order to pay for, you know, your rent or whatever, you're... Your, your are You know, yeah, space. it's, it's kind of like, wow, you know, yeah. I can't hold on to this thing forever. It might be better, How? but right. you start convincing yourself, well, how much better would it be yeah. if I do that versus if I just sell it now and, hey, people can age it themselves. Right. You know, and you, you start playing that game with yourself as a home brewer... You're you know, you no tell me you can't store it, yeah, you do do whatever you darn well please. Absolutely. And And, uh, you know, that's your opportunity to, to, you know, experiment with that stuff like John's saying. Right. And you
2: could probably do it with any beer if you wanted to. Doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be an old ale, but... Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Of course, the lager might not hold up. But, I mean, won't hold up for that long, but... Right. Right. Well, maybe yeah. it's the Doppelbach. That's true. You can, yeah. Maybe true. Maybe that. True. Yeah. Okay. The lighter, all the all the lighter maybe.
1: color pilsners, or uh, lighter color lagers... Right. Tend not to uh, be so stable for long periods of time. Yeah. All the darker ones tend to be right. better. Right. Yeah. Nice. And, gotta, and same with most beers, I think. Like sure. pale ales and stuff don't tend to be that stable. The darker the beer, the more, the longer it, it seems to be uh, uh, shelf stable.
2: And there's something about the darker grains that aren't. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. A Maybe bit, yeah, some
1: antioxidant uh, right. properties to the, uh, the the dark roasted grains and. It, it it definitely makes a difference. I, I haven't come across anybody that, that would disagree with that statement that the darker beers are more shelf stable than the
2: lighter-colored beers. Right. Well, let me throw this at you. I know you enter a lot of old beers mm-hmm. in the competitions, and percentage-wise, how many of those place that are actually darker, do you think? That's interesting, because I don't think I've ever really
1: calculated that out. I would but just, uh, but my curious. my feeling is, my gut feel is that... They actually do. There's, you would see a percentage difference. You would see a, a statistically significant improvement on dark beers versus the lighter color
2: beers. Because I know you're entering your shillings, low gravity, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they're darker, uh-huh. and they're three, four years old sometimes. All right. All right. You know, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think I'm curious. I think
1: that's a very interesting question. I bet you. I bet you that's that's the case. We need like a Jamil stats on the new right. yeah. website. What do you think? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need to key all those in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And after that six-month project is done, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and start looking at the data. There you go. Absolutely. A little um little recipe there? Or? Yeah, yeah, from uh, Brewing Classic Styles. You wrote that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Page 249 in your, in your textbook. Children, get out of your book. Yes. Uh, the old treacle mine. Uh, you know, one interesting thing is... Uh, I think as Dave Sapsis was always telling me, he's like, "Eh, You can't, when I first was trying to make old ale, and I was trying all sorts of different uh, mixes of grains and things like that. Because I was able to get away with, like, you know, Belgian Strong Dark by doing, you know, this complex grain bill. Right. And that holds to this day is still a a good way to do it. On the old ale, I I had trouble kind of making it always work. And he's like, You know, you can't make old ale, (laughs) a really good old ale, without treacle. What is treacle? Uh, treacle is like uh, kind of like blackstrap molasses. It's the the darker you know Just leavings when syrup. they yeah when they process sugar and when they take things like sugarcane and then uh, you know they're creating the, the 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 granulated sugar out of it. You know the the leftover syrupy stuff is is the blackstrap or the uh, or the treacle and you know it has a unique flavor and it's a pretty intense. Okay. And uh, so I, I, I still believe you might be able to work your way around it, but it's actually pretty tricky, and treacle's not that hard to come by. You can get it uh, uh, at a store? lot of, well, I don't, uh, you know, a real good grocery store, yes. Uh, something that uh, sells English uh, English foods, and English market, and okay. they tend to be, or British market, tend to be all over the place. Uh, you know, every big city seems to have them. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I was able to easily pick that up. Uh, and a lot of times your homebrew shop, if you ask them, they'll, they'll get it for you. And, uh, you know, a can of treacle goes a long way in uh, creating those flavors that you need for this.
2: Now are you just boiling it for 60 minutes or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know,
1: you can toss it in at the end if you want. Okay. Uh, for my recipe, it's uh, starting gravity at 1093, uh, finishing gravity about 1022, which is about 74% apparent attenuation. 66 IBUs. 21 srm uh nine percent alcohol by volume and uh we're going to go with a, a 90 minute boil and that helps develop some of those uh flavors melanoidins, things like that right. if you're an extract brewer you're going to use english pale ale malt uh liquid malt extract uh 14 pounds wow. <laughs> and uh six gallons of 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 wort at the end of the boil 14 pounds or 6.35 kilograms and then uh the the treacle, which is uh, about a half pound, one can is about a half pound, uh, two hundred twenty seven grams. If you're an all grain brewer, instead of the uh, the uh, liquid malt extract, you're going to use a British pale ale malt. Going to use uh, nineteen and a half pounds or eight point eight four kilograms at seventy percent efficiency. Okay, uh, and you'll mash at one hundred fifty two degrees Fahrenheit, sixty seven degrees C. The um, so you have the your base grain, your either your liquid malt extract, English liquid malt extract, or your uh, English pale ale malt, and the can of Traekele, and then uh, your other grains. You're going to have a Crystal Lady, a three quarter pound or 340 grams, and then Black Patent malt. Oh, this is a, a malted, bit. dark roasted, right. just a touch, a uh, quarter pound, 113 grams. Okay, and that does a couple of things. You know the 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 crystal malt is giving you, um, you know, some kind of a caramel sweetness that's going to reside through and uh, flavor. the The black patent just the touch is going to give uh, enhance the color mm-hmm. and give a a, a slight uh, counter chocolatey uh, drawing kind of effect. Right. So it'll kind of balance out some of those other s- sweet factors in there.
2: You got a pretty um, high final gravity. It- Obviously, is that desired for... I mean, this beer is beer's supposed to be pretty malty, full-bodied. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want it to finish too dry. I mean, what's right. what's the ABV on this? The... 9%. Wow. Okay.
1: Yeah, so it's quite a bit. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll pick a yeast. These are going to be English yeasts, and, uh, you know, you get them to attenuate a good you know, 74%. That's pretty good attenuation for sure. a lot of these English yeasts. A lot of them won't go too much higher than that. There are English yeasts that will go, but and you could use less... Um, caramel malt and a lower mash temperature and all that, and you could get it to attenuate more. But in the old ale, again, it's it's got a big, uh, you know, it's a big, rich beer, the way that a lot of people define it. Okay. Um, it's a much smaller, more drinkable beer, <laughs> as I define it. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, um, you know, that's why, uh, you know, the higher finishing gravity there. As far as uh, hops... Uh, you're going to need, uh, I like to use uh, Horizon in this, 13% <laughs> alpha acid in pellets, 60-minute edition, an ounce and a half or 43 grams. That's going to give you about 66 IBUs using the Rager yes. formula, 65.9,
2: actually. And that's a pretty smooth bittering hop, too, right? The right. Yeah, you know, smooth okay. and clean right. and
1: not a lot of uh, yeah. flavor. You don't want a whole lot of hop flavor in this. Okay. Um, you know, it tends to mask a lot of the other characters of the malt for and sure. the... The
2: fermentation, all that, and the treacle. So, uh. This whole beer is just more focused on the malt profile, right? Right. They just want that to come across. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes, absolutely. Oh, that, you know, in, in a warming alcohol. Right, in the finish or something, okay. Mm hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, that's. How, like we always talk, when you're making a bigger beer, you know, controlled fermentation, uh, you know, the alcohol warming should be there, mm-hmm. but it shouldn't be, um, you know, hot or harsh. Right. Uh, the yeast I like to use for this is either the White Labs WLP 013 London Ale or the Y Yeast 1028 London Ale, or if you can use a dry yeast, the Dan Star Nottingham. All right. Well, that gives you about the right attenuation. You could use another... Safale English yeast. Um, yeah, you could use, uh, you know, a number, there's a number of different English yeasts that you can use. You either, you know, if it's something that attenuates a little bit less... You're going to need to make this a little more fermentable. You're going to need to lower your mash temperature or maybe add some simple sugar or something like that. If you can use something that attenuates a little bit more, then maybe uh, up your mash temperature, or, you know, uh, a little more crystal mold or something like that. Try and balance it out so at the end you're you're ending up with about the right amount of attenuation.
2: Okay. Um I had a customer come in the shop today and he was having problems with his English yeast and there's a lag phase. He's got a conical more beer conical. And it had stalled on him at 1035. It was just a 1055 original gravity. Wow. But he was fermenting at 65. Mm-hmm. And my question to you is now, compared to Cal Ale, now these English strains that you use in these beers, how sensitive are they to these temperature chains? Like, is there a sweet spot for an English strain versus yeah. a Cal Ale?
1: Uh, well, and then, you know, that should be fine at 65. It's just uh, if it's fluctuating a lot, let's say down at night it's dropping to, you know, 61. And then ramping it back in the morning, that's probably, you know, going to make the yeast flocculate a little little sooner. Okay. Um, and, you know, on a lot of these, if you start out at a fermentation temperature, let's say, uh, for this, we recommend fermenting at 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C. And, you know, you start out at that. And, uh, you know, as long as you get your first couple of days in at that temperature... You can go ahead and ramp up the temperature after that, okay, and you'll be okay. So, uh, you know, if you start out cool and then you go up from sixty-eight to seventy and finish the last couple of days at seventy, that's fine. Okay, and I I actually like doing that where. Uh, you know, it, it helps just keeps, it keeps the yeah, it keeps the yeast more active towards the end, and you know they'll clean up things like dactyl and the cetylaldehyde and, and all that stuff, sure. and uh, uh, attenuate a little bit further. If, and then if you just kept it cold and steady the whole time,
2: now are you doing that with all yeast strains? I mean, or most just English, most, most. most. even California, yeah. even yeah, it's really, yeah, straight at the finish tail end, yeah, okay, it's good to know. Not always, but uh, definitely on the uh, sorry on the English. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. this is old ale. Uh, I need in my nap <laughs> just, and I, and I'm, making uma, I'm making my rocking chair It's like
1: uh, he's, he's displeased he's, uh, what, uh, the heck's, what the heck's up with that? Uh, God, gotta get you is, a bib Is somebody peeing in his Twinkies or mm. what? <gasps> oh. I don't know what's going on with him He's got just like
2: The whole look going on there, sister Hey, he's legit <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the new website? That's pretty sexy. That's true.
1: It's the new fancy website, and then all our screwing around somehow is it's not acceptable. <laughs> wow, there you go. Uh, so no new website in the future if you're going to be behaving like this, Mister. I can feel the fire. Bro. I can feel the fire. I think he's just. Yeah. He's like, why? What you know, is this going on right now? Yeah, I could. I could have a good job working with normal people. Yeah.
2: Why? Nice it's to work world. with weird people. Like,
1: why? Like, why have I opened myself up to this torture? I like, just see it going through his head right now. Freedom! <laughs> it's like,
2: <laughs> yeah, there are people who are professionals and wouldn't wouldn't be doing this. Well, if you were to go back in the archives, listen to year one, yeah. remember that bartending job he had, All right. Right. you'll yeah, get plenty of <laughs> stories there. <laughs> That's true. Fucking
1: people. Yeah, it's not like you'd have a good job. <laughs> That's so what he's got to put up hey, with. That's <laughs> below the belt, dude. Keep the gloves up. Keep the gloves up. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yeah. Uh, oh, don't touch them down there. Is that what you're saying? All right. So if you're if you're brewing this, and for a lot of people, trying to trying to jam, uh, you know, um, twenty pounds of uh, uh, English pale malt might might be a problem in their, their mash center. They may not get quite the right efficiency. And uh, one of the things that uh, Tasty is always fond of saying is, like, you know, if you're checking your starting gravity or, or your gravity in the, in the kettle uh, just before you start in your boil, and it's off by a few points, that's going to met- throw everything off, the balance with the hops and right. all that. So it's a good opportunity to th- just throw in some liquid malt extract. Right. You, know, you can even use malt. just light light DME. Just keep a, a bag, three pound bag, of light DME on hand. Right. And if you don't make your numbers on this, you know, go ahead and throw it. in. It's not going to mess it up. Right. Trust me. You know, the same thing where if you didn't have twenty pounds of the English pale malt, you had fifteen, and then you put five pounds of American Turo in there, that'd be fine too. It's okay. r- really not the end of the world. It'll make a different flavor, but it's more important that you hit your overall numbers than it is to be, you know, to avoid using extract or something like sure. that.
2: Sure. That's one thing I think that separates Tasty too from a lot of home brewers is that consistency with his recipes all the way through. Because mm-hmm. he's always he's always focused on those little details, you know. Right, right. I don't do that. I just brew it and say it's going to be beer, you know. and it right. yeah. <laughs> Usually turn out all right, but. I, I check my uh, starting
1: gravity, or my gravity in the, ke- the kettle pre-boil. I let it boil a couple of minutes to okay. stir it up really well. Right. Otherwise, you get some stratification there, and you may not get a, an honest reading. The heavy stuff is sitting on the bottom because that was what you ran off first. Sure. And then you might have the lighter stuff on top, and you get kind of a false reading. So I boil it for a couple of minutes, and I check it with a refractometer. Okay. And then I see if it's what my pre-boil gravity should be. And then usually if I'm doing a 90-minute boil, I'll check, you know, 30 minutes in and then, you know, another 30 minutes in and, and then uh, at the end. And, now, and then I I, I can kind of estimate and say, oh, okay. okay, you know, I'm on track. Right. You know, I should be, you know, like one-third of the way of the difference. I should I should have,
2: you know, made that up already. Now, do you kill the flame once you reach your gravity where you want, even though you have some extra volume or you're, you're sacrificing a half gallon here or... Right, you well, know, I mean? That's hey, the tough part. Do you want to give up that half gallon?
1: That's the thing. That's the thing though. If uh, you know, if your volume's wide of the mark as well, either too low or too too high, then uh <laughs> Alright, I get to you, sir. So, Palmer's in here in right. the studio. And then, uh, you know, we're going along and we're, you know, it's a yackety-yackety about some, some technical brewing thing. And then I realize I'm bugging the hell out of him. I'm like, you know, grabbing his nipple and, you know, what? smacking him, pushing him around. And, you know, just, he's, he's I'm trying to get him. things, get things, you know, he's looking at me like I'm insane. Yeah. And then I realized, well, no, it's because, yeah. you know, I'm used to doing I realized I'm the troublemaker. Yeah, you That's are. That's what dawned Absolutely. on me. I'm yeah. the troublemaker. You are. Yeah, I'm the instinct. I'm the mature one
2: here. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm just
1: out of control. <laughs> you are. And I realized that during the show, so yeah. I had this kind of epiphany. Anyway, <laughs> so if, you're, if, you're, if your volume is off and you have a, a larger wort volume, see how it's just smooth right through oh, one? Oh, you're so the, smooth. I mean, you need to drop a beat. Just like that side. Yeah. <laughs> If your volume's off and you've put in, you know, X amount of hop bittering compound for six gallons and you have seven gallons of wort at the end,
2: your bitterness is going to be a little different. Yeah, it's not going to be bitter enough. Right. right?
1: Yeah. Whatever percentage that is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If if, if it's 10 gallons, you're off by one percent or 10 (laughs) percent. All right. Conversely, if it's too concentrated, you're, it's going to be, you know, more bitter. <laughs> it, even if the gravity is correct, now your volume's screwed up. All right. So you got to take that into account as well. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you might might need to make some adjustments there. So, it's not the end of the world. Like you were saying, John, ah, You know it's going to be beer, beer. And it's going to be good beer. Maybe the balance will be, you know, slightly yeah. not quite what you wanted. Maybe it'll actually be better than what you wanted if exactly. you didn't realize it. Right. You know, there's some hit and miss there. But, you know, you should be trying to hit these numbers as far as volume, gravity, you know, and timing of you know your hop additions, and and hit those consistently because your your beer will improve and you'll you'll be able to control it better. Right. And then if you decide, oh, I want it more bitter or less bitter whatever, right. you can you can adjust for that, and you will get that. Right. Rather than oh, I hope random chance. <laughs>
3: Results in here.
1: Just, just beer, God, luck, right? Yeah, right. So I think you're you're more accurate than you let on. You're you're not concerned about it, but you're not also way off the mark, right? You know, it may be small amounts here or there, and you're just not worrying about it. And 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 I do too. It's like if it's close, it's like all right, that's fine. Like it know, too it's two tenths of a point
2: off, I'm okay.
1: Yeah, you're not. It's like yeah, it's it's, it's going to be fine. Yeah, Still yeah, be exactly. But I, I measure it and I check and. And uh, you know, sometimes I don't check as much, and I I can actually go through and brew and not check it, and I know I've, I've got the right numbers because I've done so many batches that I can I can just tell that it's, it's like right amount. Yeah, yeah. You, you know whether you're falling off or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know
2: when you fall off. Right, right. Especially yeah. when you catch on fire. Man. Yeah, when you when you hit the ground oh, right. and, and all that. It's. Uh, I yeah. think the great point is, I mean, a lot of these fundamentals that homebrewers can apply, like these consistencies. If you ever want to go pro? You gotta be able to do it as a homebrew first mm-hmm. and then apply it as a profession mm-hmm. later. So mm-hmm. anyways. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Is beer time or Yeah.
1: Okay. All right, we'll take a break and when we come back we'll get into uh kind of you know, the aging and conditioning, maybe smoke aging or, or stuff like that. I know there's questions like that oh, out there, I, right? I'm gonna pick your brain. <laughs> Why thank you. <laughs> we'll be back right after this.
4: Oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. He's in the basement. Oh, please. My triple-decocted Imperial Pilsner.
2: It's all gone. We'll never brew again.
0: Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. What's going
4: Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin Kirsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to
6: be delectable.
4: Now brew something, Marcy. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the Cool Blonde Kölsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits,
5: $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. <laughs> (laughs) Now get brewing Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher, longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from John. Giants Park
4: attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap they know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has that's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting edge brewing equipment known to man since 1998 Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange unique and just plain smart equipment like their stainless domed false bottoms never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again and since they're made from stainless steel they'll last a lifetime Fermentap's line of copper Wart chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wart faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits—all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you, too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Live, beer radio.
0: The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. Exactly. It's so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put you some sugar go. and some water and some yeast in there. I knew I
3: wouldn't.
0: Now back to the Jameel I feel show.
4: Good. I knew that I wouldn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I just got inspired. We need a Jamil bobblehead. It's good. <laughs> Bob, just, yeah. The bobblehead. Especially with this song in the background. too. It's like the bobblehead going. Yeah. they na, 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 na. both 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 bobbling. Sugar yeah. Both heads.
1: <laughs> yeah. Old oh, ale. So this is, yeah, this is a good old ale that you brewed here.
2: Thanks, boy. It's got a lot of Crystal 75 in it. Mm-hmm. A um, little bit of chocolate malt. Mm-hmm. British Pale Base malt. uh uh-huh. um, Some 120. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of Munich, of course, mm-hmm. and then uh, Challenger for bittering. Kent mm-hmm. Goldings for finish, and then uh, British East.
1: So it's kind of similar to the recipe we're going through, except uh, without the treacle.
2: Without the treacle. It's yeah. about a year and a half old, so mm-hmm. then it was aged nice. on oak for real, nine days.
1: Real, real mellow kind of. And I like the the bit of oak in it, and. Uh... You know, nice crystal y kind of malty. And it's not, it's, it's got to, you said 6.8%. Mm. It's got some alcohol to it, but it's not uh, hot in any way. It's, it's um, uh, you know, a very subtle,
0: easy warming uh, type of thing. It's just right. Gotta Yeah, to it's me. good. It's right yeah. at the edge of the oak threshold, too, I think. Yeah. Had you gone any more, it would be too much. But it's <laughs> a lot of the vanilla we were talking about at the break. It's just right there. Yeah. It's a tough... It's a fine line to walk. Yeah. But you didn't do it too much. It's 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 really good on the oak. Thanks. I, um... Does anybody ask your opinion? doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's my it's
2: fucking studio. It's studio. <laughs> <laughs> it was nine days on oak. Uh, I basically dry hopped with oak in the keg, mm-hmm. and I tasted it every day, and once I got to the sweet spot, I took it out. Mm. I go a little extra day just because I know I'm going to age it, mm-hmm. and then I also left it in there for another five days, and that was my wood-aged beer. Love this beer. So.
1: Well, and that's the thing. I I think, uh, you know, with old ale, I think a little bit of oak is a nice character. And not necessarily that oak flavor makes, guarantees a beer is old. But I think a lot of judges' perception, Perception, and a lot of people, their perception is if they taste wood whatsoever, they're thinking, oh, you know, this must have been aged for a while in a barrel. It's kind of that mental process. And so... Just and, kind of the background thing. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can go too much because then it becomes a wood age beer, like you're saying. Yeah. But, uh, you know, put it in a keg with some, some cubes and then when it tastes right, you know, just transfer to another keg, leave the cubes behind. Exactly. Or, you know, transfer part of it and leave the rest behind with the, the cubes and you go a little further.
2: Uh, and I think that's that's a great idea. Yeah. This, this beer is like my good night beer before I go to bed. Uh-huh. I like a frozen glass. It's just like a dessert beer. And just. It's just like liquidized cream, chocolatey. It's, mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Anyways, cool. I'm glad you guys. Yeah, liked. if we ever needed a video camera in the studio, today's the day. We should have like one like on my pen, or like right here, and one on you, so we can <laughs> people get that like. They'd
1: be disgusted
2: within like the first 10 minutes. They'd (laughs) never listen again. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, oh, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, two girls, one cup. Yeah. Everybody wants to see it, but once they've seen it, it's like, oh my God, I'm never looking at internet porn again. (laughs) Like, uh, you know, it would be the same thing. Uh, Yeah, I want to see it. Oh, no, I didn't. Nightmare. Now I've seen John and Jamil. I think uh, think I'll
2: I'll quit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go make water. (laughs) (laughs) Make water. (laughs) What are you ninety? you, know, yeah, you got to make water, Sonny. Uh, well, I have some questions for you if you want me to throw okay, it at you, ahead. Ahead. and then I will talk to you. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, throw it at me. Okay, let's. I'm kind of curious about the effects of oxidation on these type this beer, especially, and even in our next topic, the Belgian double. But how how does oxidation affect alcohol and its flavors? Because there is a flavor from alcohol, okay. and over time, or does does it create aromas? Is there a perception that people get from oxidation of alcohols? Does alcohol mm-hmm. change? And mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you
1: can. Yeah, the alcohols and the esters, and you know the, the entire complex of, of compounds in there, you yeah, oxygen, and uh, you know it changes things from uh, you know the color to the flavor to the aroma to the body, right. uh, you know all that stuff changes. So. So uh, you know when you have a piece of uh, iron and it oxidizes, mm-hmm. it turns orange, right? It right. rusts. And that the, you know there's a color change there. Right. Um, if you have a jar of sugar and it oxidizes, it ends up generating water and ends up, um, you know, you get that hard-packed sugar. Yeah, so In the it's jar oxidized. that's been sitting there, it's oxidized. As we know, you don't and, have and, fresh sugar, right? <laughs> and uh, and, it, and it turns to like kind of like a block. Okay. So you know, sugars are affected, colors affected, uh, you know, the bodies affected, the flavors and the aromas are affected, and those those alcohols combine with other, you know, compounds and esters, and and you get some of these, you know, sherry notes you get some of these you can get you know cardboard or you know wet paper you can get things like that but uh, some of the alcohols will will change and and you can get a mellowing of some of the alcohol some of the hotness of an alcohol or and it becomes more of a flavor compound or an aromatic compound and actually is it's just fantastic
2: that way hmm. well i've noticed over time with the beers that i've aged that if they are hot on alcohol when they're young mm-hmm. the maltiness tends to come out 3 months later and then it tends to get better and better, mm-hmm. and it seems like that alcohol kind of gets more subdued, and the maltiness comes out in that beer,
1: right? Like, well, and and there's also you know the bittering uh, will drop over time as well. The oh, bittering right. compounds will drop out over you know the course of time. They they, they drop more and more, and the mm-hmm. beer becomes a little sweeter. And also, um, so that's that's one thing that that increases the perception of uh, maltiness and sweetness. And then uh, the same thing happens with the alcohols. There are some alcohols that are actually, uh, you know, stronger con- concentrations. They're bitter. There's oh. a bitter set of alcohols. And those can, uh, you know, mellow out as well and fade. And okay. you can get, you know, a, a less bitter perception, less alcoholic perception, more, um, uh, you know, multi-sweet.
2: Now, I assume yeasts are producing different types of alcohol at different temperatures? Or are they producing more of one yeah, or another because they're yeah. working? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And
1: d- how many, d- depending on you know health and a lot of different factors.
2: Right. Well, what about like? I mean, this, my beer is not is unfiltered. I never filter my beer. Mm-hmm. What about the remaining yeast that's in my beer? Mm-hmm. The oxidation of the yeast. I mean, what about autolysis? Does mm-hmm. that occur in the bottle? Oh, is there yeah. a contribution right, of yeah. flavors? Right. Is well, that desired in an old ale?
1: Uh, you know, maybe a a little bit, but, um, here's the interesting thing. You know, when I, when I do this, you know, I'll, I'll let the beer sit in the keg for quite a while before I bottle it. And just, I, I don't bottle it with any additional yeast. I counter pressure fill. Right. right. So it's Polycy.
2: just lagering. This is. Just...
1: Yeah. Okay. And letting everything, you know, the beer will be brilliantly clear. And and you'd think, oh, there's there's no more yeast in there. There's no more, in there, nothing in there. That's all settled to the bottom. Right. But you counter-pressure fill this. You go back and open one of those bottles a year or two later. Have you bottled this, or is this just still in cakes? This was all counter-pressure filled a year ago. A year ago. and,
2: we'll and mine, so, it's cloudier. Right, yours. well...
1: And because what happens is, did you look at the the bottom of the bottle after a beer sits in the even after it was it sat and it would look brilliantly clear, right? And you put it in the bottle and then you let it sit a year or two, right. you find a sediment on the bottom, yeah. And then you know you turn this into competition. People go, oh well, this is obviously bottle conditioned. Right. This is why you know judges don't say that because you're wrong. You, yeah. you just you sound like an it. idiot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's got nothing to do with it. And so, uh, you know, it'll get that layer of yeast and other, you know, fine particulate matter that's in the beer. And actually all that stuff drops out the head, improves, head retention, improves, all sorts of stuff. Right. And, uh... So, I don't know what I was talking about, but uh, anyways, with... Uh, just with, the yeast and the Yeah, the, the yeast. Time. So, you know, there is some yeast in there, and that will oxy- a, a tall size and break down. If you go about taking this beer that has just been brewed and then, uh, you know, bottle it up or add more yeast and all do all that, you get a ton of yeast in there. Right. And that yeast will break down, and, you know, the beer will be okay for, you know, a few months, especially if you keep it colder, it'll last longer. But you're not going to go through all the changes that the beer can go through uh, without all the yeast breaking down as well. Sure. And if there's, and if you... There's like a quarter inch a, of yeast on the bottom. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> right, exactly. You're even an eighth of an inch. You know, that's way, way too much. Right. I mean, think about what uh, a place like Sierra Nevada does. They strip out all the yeast. They filter it all out. And then at package time, they add back the equivalent of one-fifth of a vial of White Labs or package of, of white yeast, one-fifth of that package in five gallons of beer. Okay. So right. just enough to get the right amount of carbon. One gram of dry yeast in five, five gallons, gallons of beer. Wow. That's what they, they package with. And when, you know, you look at one of their beers, they get huh. a very fine dusting of yeast across the bottom. That's more than enough. That's, you know... If you're going to age this for for a long time, you don't need a ton of yeast in there to carbonate this. They want to carbonate theirs fairly quickly and get it out there. That's not, you know, those are, you know, uh, not something you age tremendously, you know, like a, a Sierra Nevada pale ale. Something like this where you're going to age it for a long time. Again, even less yeast. You want to kind right. of give the yeast time to completely settle out. There's still plenty of cells in there, right. you
2: know, and then go from there.
1: Don't that, add too much.
2: That's fascinating because Sierra Nevada, all their bottle conditioned beers have a unique carbonation flavor to them in even how they're poured i've noticed i mean bottle conditioning and forced carbonating are two different things and we should tap into that uh, on the belgian double show yeah, yeah you know, you know uh, but again i think carbonation is carbonation is carbonation true but there's still i still think there's a difference though I, uh, as far as how they're poured a present a flavor or something there's a secondary ferment in there <laughs> you can say go ahead mm. but co you know, carbonation is carbon co2 co2 Whee! I'm not sure. Okay. You know, I think, you
1: know, the perception is there. It's like the perception once you taste wood, you think the beer's been aged, you know. Right. Once you taste, uh, you know, if you see any sort of sediment, you think, oh, it's bottle conditioning. Oh, and bottle conditioning does this, that, and the other, because that's what we're taught. Right. You know, and then if you kind of do a side-by-side, you're like, well, you know, they're not different after all.
2: Okay. Fair Fair enough. enough. What about um, oxidation of sugars? Uh Uh-huh. Um. Like when we buy an apple, it oxidizes, you know, Right. turns brown. Turns brown. Mm-hmm. Now, is that can that occur to sugar in the beer? Because no, there's always yeah. remaining sugar, right? Right. And now, will that contribute to color change? Like you have a copper right. beer uh-huh. today. Yeah, can uh, a can have now, a browning, browning effect. Really? Yeah. So it's is essentially a, slow... a, a
1: different type of oxidation.
2: Okay. And there's, I mean, it's probably inevitable to the not have any oxygen at all in a bottle of beer. Right. Some parts per million. I mean, you got to have a little bit. Right. I, mean, right. I mean, if you're Gordon Beerish, I'm sure he has some, but yeah, I know he's got very little. But, there always is, yeah. But over time, that can definitely contribute to some yep. browning. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating.
1: And, uh, you know, again, it can add to kind of those uh, cardboardy uh, or sherry-like flavors. And, again, a little bit is okay. Really, you know, more the sherry than the cardboard, but... Um, yeah, you don't want it to be excessive. It'll it'll really uh you know, harm the beer past a certain point.
2: What about hops? Now, when you boil a beer, you're getting a certain amount of bitterness out of the beer. And that bitterness is in the beer, it's been solidified. Over time, does the bitterness change or is it the hop flavor that's dropping out, but you still have the bitterness that you originally had? Don't fall like if I did a Right, the bitterness
1: it, drops and the hop flavor drops, they all drop. They all drop. Yeah.
2: Okay. So you still don't have that firm bitterness you had up front. Right. Like American barley wine made today, uh-huh. a year from now, still wouldn't be as bitter.
1: That's right. A year from now.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah, the, it, it, t- it tends to drop over time. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, there was some paper I read uh, on the ASB, ASBC site where they were actually had you know the amount of bittering that dropped over the course of six months. And it was something like 50%, something yeah. huge.
2: Wow. <laughs> That's a lot.
1: Yeah. Jeez. So you know you have you to hold bitter, you know on something like a beer that you want to store for a long time and have the balance right you got to start off with it being overly bitter
2: when well, you just even want to drink it for the first month well yeah well, you might but <laughs>
1: yeah okay. you know it's 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 not quite the balance you're shooting for it's a little more bitter than than you should the other thing you can do on these is um, if you want to have something that's kind of a, uh, a an aged flavor something you know uh, bread or you know any sort of PDO or lacto kind of character you can take yourself like a, a a quart of beer or a couple of cups of beer even you know inoculate it with some cultures let it sit let it kind of you know sour up okay and then uh you know you could pasteurize that hmm. and then uh use that to dose your beer back and uh you know adjust it and give it kind of a subtle background you don't want it too strong but right. you know a little bit can be interesting add some character and if and especially if your beer ends up too sweet Adding a little bit of this more actually kind of, you know, uh, balances it out, and you can use it to adjust. Because remember, like your bittering's dropping off, and, the, you know, the beer starts getting sweeter, and if it wasn't bitter enough to start, and it's too sweet, you add a little bit of this, and a little sour kind of helps to offset some of that sweetness, and okay. makes it, it can make an interesting thing. Of course, if it's overly sweet, that's just not going to help. <laughs> uh, if it's overly sweet... And you're kind of around the eight percent alcohol range. You can add the bugs directly to it. And yeah, it'll it'll start to it'll work it down. Um, so you can re-brew it, yeah, and let that one be your bug.
2: Blender. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go, there
1: okay. you go. But if the alcohol is too high, it's hard for the bugs to
0: really do anything.
2: Oh, okay. Do so we have any chat questions at all, or
0: do we have just a couple ch- uh, questions from the chat here? Um, let's see. One that came in earlier: uh, Would a Belgian type big foamy head? fit with the old ale style kind of real thick big foamy
1: uh i mean you can i you can have
0: big foamy head on any beer okay
1: it's never really outside of a style guideline there's there's never a problem with head you can't
0: have too much head i agree agreed um okay and you guys talked about uh treacle earlier so someone wanted just a little clarification of what flavors does the treacle add in the in the final product? What are they going to notice? Uh, treacle-like flavors. Um, uh, uh, so burnt sugar?
1: Yeah, burnt sugar, molasses, like a dark molasses, um, uh, sometimes uh, licorice, mm. uh, tobacco, uh,
0: burnt raisin, uh, things like that. Okay. And then I have a question about John's beer. Is this beer right on to style uh, or does the oak take it out of style, or i mean how would this how would this do if he entered it not just in the quality of it, but I mean you know
1: no, I think the oak is subtle enough that it's fine that's that's a beer with some oak hmm a beer with some wood versus a wood aged beer
0: where the wood would be more prominent, okay, so, so I think right that's on the okay fine. Line. Yeah. And you didn't use treacle in no, this no beer. Treacle. W- uh, how do you think it would have it in- improved this beer if he had Jay Z? I
1: think if he did, he'd want to cut back on some of the other crystals that he's using because okay. he's used more crystal and and some of those treacle flavors kind of are in along the same lines, kind of uh, you know burnt sugars and stuff. So uh, it, it may be over the top if you were to add that treacle to this recipe. I think.
0: Okay. And can't chocolate add some of those burnt flavors also? Uh-huh. Yeah, so he'd have to be careful with that as well, or anybody would have to. Right. Yeah. But uh, you used, what, just a touch of chocolate? Like a half you know, pound or something. Yeah, we used like Was a quarter just, pound of yeah. Black
1: Patent. Yeah. Uh, just, is
0: that a color thing? this is a color. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. I mean, you might drop it down to a quarter pound instead. You know, stuff like that. Like
2: this beer with the red light it almost looks purple to me. Of course, uh, it might have been that I drank too much,
0: but... <laughs>
2: right. Those you mushrooms you the before coming mushroom the show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, even the head's a little brown. It's not... Yeah, it's a, a, and, and I like that. It's r- not a r- white... brown. Yeah. No. That's very good. I'm just Thanks. curious sure. how it would do in in, in in the style, so...
2: It's done pretty well as an old ale, but I know It does well as like an English ale or a big... I don't know. As as it ages, obviously, it's better as an old ale just because it's as oxidized now. Okay. It's still very drinkable to me. I, I enjoy that mm-hmm. a lot. Of
0: it. Yeah, that's good. And I guess my last question is other than the strength of these beers what's the difference between something like a 60 shilling and this cuz that's a real malty and it could be kind of caramelly too but I know the alcohol's lower on one of those
1: Yeah the 60 shilling is like a you know starting gravity in the 1030s way below and it's, this you know it's like 2 to 3% alcohol and uh you know, it's got similar some multi flavors, but you're not going to have. It's not going to be that sweet. It's going to be malty. It'll never really be quite that sweet, and um, uh, you know, cleaner overall flavors as far as fermentation and things like that.
0: Okay. Hmm. All right, that's it for me in the chat. Great.
1: All right, let me recap real quick. Uh, old ale, strain gravity at 1093. Uh, is 66 IBU, color of 21, and 9% alcohol by volume. You're going to use, as an extract brewer, you want to use an English pale ale liquid malt extract, 14 pounds or 6.35 kilograms. If you're an all-grain uh, brewer, you're going to use 19.5 pounds or 8.84 kilograms of a British pale ale malt mashed at 152 degrees Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C. Uh, the other grains that you need, uh, Crystal 80, 3.25 quarter pound or 3.40 grams, Uh, Black patent Malt, a quarter pound or 113 grams. And a can of Black Treacle, a half pound or 227 grams. Lyle's uh, Black Treacle is what you're looking for. Uh, Hops, Horizon uh, Pellets, 13% alpha acid, 60 minutes. An ounce and a half, 43 grams. That should give you about 66 IBUs using the Rager formula. And then for yeast, White Labs WLP013 London Ale, or y Yeast 1028 London Ale, or Dan Star Nottingham. You're gonna ferment that around 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees C. And when it's done, carbonate it to about two volumes. You might do like John did, and uh, you know, put some, a couple of uh, uh, ounces of oak cubes in there. Taste it. You know, whenever, right. when it, when you kind of get a, a a subtle background oak flavor in there, rack it off of that. Uh, package it up if you want to s- do the souring thing uh, you know sour a little separate piece of uh, container of beer and then uh you know dose it back to to where it tastes just right
2: and of course drink and
1: drink <laughs> hey, so
2: we need like a new saying because brew strong is now a show uh-huh. so we need like a new finishing listen to brew strong <laughs> listen to <Bruce> Strong. Brew <laughs> i don't know how about brew brew beer and drink. And drink. And don't go. forget to drink. Don't forget to drink.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. I guess that's it. Yeah. We're done. We're done. Okay. Next show coming up is uh, Belgian Double. <laughs> if you're listening live, you'll get that now. Otherwise, you'll get that in about two weeks. Uh, if you get a chance, check out the brand new website. It's fantastic, in my opinion, and uh, lots of great things to check out, including the store where you can buy yourself your own copy of Brewing Classic Styles. You get a BN you shirt. Could, you can follow on a at BN's shirt. Uh, lots of great stuff in there in the store and uh we'll be back in a few minutes if you're listening live otherwise we'll see you in 2 weeks absolutely listen to bruce strong bruce strong and don't forget to drink absolutely Goodbye.